When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We got a lot to get to, ladies and gentlemen. It is playoff week, and yes, the Dallas Cowboys are in the playoffs, but a lot of Cowboys fans, a little anxious, a lot of anxiety heading into the postseason. We'll get into it. They suffer a loss to the Commanders in the last week of the NFL season. They got to play the Bucks on the road in the first round of the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about it. The Texans win, but they actually lose out on the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, so a lot of people think that's one of the reasons that Lovey Smith is out as head coach of the Houston Texans. We'll get into it and talk about who's going to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. There's a report that John Calipari has been contacted by the University of Texas. We'll get into it. Jay Witt, one of the OGs of that wide receiver room, he's returning, but they're losing their wide receiver coach, Brendan Mary, and he is moving on. We'll talk about that as well and go behind the burnt orange curtain. And we got the national title preview between TCU and Georgia, the Dogs and the Frogs. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? I am one of those Cowboy fans that is very Mm -hmm. confused about the situation, and I'm tired of defending my man Dak Prescott, wow! but we're going to move on from that conversation wow. and get into it in just a minute because I'm not going to defend him as much as I did. Okay. We still got playoff times. We still got a thing playoff. that he could go out there and make amends for the terrible play that he's had since he returned from his injuries. <laughs> but I digress right now. Let me talk about my boy that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. 
And a lot of those kids in San Antonio got a chance to work with him, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a little bit too. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Bates. I appreciate that intro as always. That's not a waste any time introducing the real MVP. He's one of the idillionaires here at the station. He's also one of the hardest working members of the Aryan family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. Patrick Davis, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. National championship game yeah, tonight. I know. It. I mean, we got no tailgating in California. The game starts at 430 in California. But uh, you know what? It just means more after party, right? I, there I it guess is. so. It is a weird uh, football culture for Californians out there yeah. to have the national title game. You know, you're no driving home from work and be like, "Oh, <laughs> we're already in the second quarter." Yeah, and you got and you got two of the greatest tailgating cultures uh, out there. Because if you if you if you're a college football program major, college football program in Texas, y'all know how to tailgate. It's the way it is. And Georgia, I mean, we all know Georgia. Damn, damn, show knows how to tailgate. But no tailgating out there, and no Ugger. Ugger didn't make the trip. No. So no ugger. That's bad mojo. Wow. Yeah, not having your mascot is bad mojo. That's bad that mojo. Is really Did the Hindu frog make the trip? Uh, oh, you <laughs> know it's out there. That's for California. You know <laughs> he out there. <laughs> the hypnotoad. The hypnotoad. The hypnotoad. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, plenty of those out there. I guarantee you that. Uh, so we'll get into uh, the breakdown, the national title game preview between uh, TCU and Georgia. Really, uh, that's a historic number, I think, that is climbing now. I heard Chad mention that uh, it's at 13. Yeah. yeah, that's a big number. So we'll talk about that coming up. We'll get into that. That's in the what your boy got it at. Uh, yeah, 13. 13. That's, that's a big, big number. Yeah, that's a big one, man. I'm yep. sure. And TCU is using that as bulletin board material. You already know. All day. Uh, they, uh, yeah, the, 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 the underdog, but also the hypnotoad. <laughs> uh, like the, yeah, they're taking that to a whole nother level, too. Man. I like it. Whatever it is, it's working Whatever for it takes. That's right. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, so we got a lot to get into. So let's not waste any time. Let's talk about the Cowboys losing to the Commanders. We'll get to the Cowboys playing the Bucks. We got all week to talk about that matchup uh, in the wild card round, the super wild card round uh, for the NFL. Uh, also, Texans beating the Colts, and man, we are. I, and I say we because I'm a Texans fan. We are such a miserable fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick used to be one of us. He no longer claims this fan base. He has moved on uh, in free agency fandom to the Raiders, and I understand also a cruel fate there dealt to him this year uh, with the Raiders. Uh, but it, as a Texans fan, even a win and Every Texan, most Texans fans are upset. They're they're like, and it was a miraculous win, by the way. It was like miracle. It took a miracle like to pull off that literally win. Literally a miracle. Oh, no, it was. <laughs> yes, it exactly. Was, it was multiple miracles. Yeah, multiple miracles to get that win, and no joy, no joy at all from Texans fans getting that win over the Colts, a division rival, by the way. Come on, still no joy at all. All Texans fans could see is dropping down that draft spot to number two instead of number one. The Bears get the number one overall pick, and that's all everybody's talking about. There's no talk about the miraculous win, but it's a lot of talk about the, I would say, the, the dysfunction that exists, the organizational dysfunction that exists within the franchise. I got no problem, I got a problem with them winning. My point is that if you wanted the number one overall pick, then why didn't you just force them to play backups in the game? Why were the starters even out there if you guys want the number one overall pick? And if you were going to fire Lovey Smith, which we talked about weeks ago, yep, that was yep. a roll on the street, yeah. why didn't you just fire Lovey before the game let some jabroni coach the game, and then have him bench all the players so you can get the number one overall You could have got Chester Pitts, 
We all know Chester Pitts is the guy who's been with the franchise, the, the longest, offensive lineman, yeah, yeah. and the Colts have told you O linemen can make terrible coaches if you bring them in. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I well like done, that. Yeah. I, like I like that. that. But it's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand how that happened. And then now that the, the the world on the street is, or at least the reports are, they're upset that they you know have uh, you know screwed up the number one overall pick when they could have gotten it. I don't get it. But I actually was amazed. We'll get into it a little bit, but we'll talk Cowboys first at how they end up winning that game. They shouldn't have won the game. They definitely should have been should have lost the game. I mean, considering that that miraculous drive or the two fourth and long conversions, fourth and twelve, and how the and ball just 20, go through my man's hands on the hail mary. I think he was. That mug was just had his I, hands wide open. It was hoping that he didn't I, catch it. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah, that was just bad football, but two bad football teams. And right. the Texans were hoping to be the worst. So, they, it, you know, Texans are even bad at trying to lose on purpose. Well, what if Lovey is sitting there going, you know what? They already told me they finna fire me. So, you know what I'm going to do? On my way out, I'm going to drop the mic on them and just say, oh, yeah, take that with you. Totally agree. Stress out. I want y'all to stress out and let the people in Houston light you up because of this. Because my contract is guaranteed. You're going to give me all that money. Because of the discrimination lawsuits against you, you know you're going to let me go on this one. And, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know why. I want to fire him beforehand. Yeah, you should have. You You shouldn't even let him walk out there. You're out of here, man. He's going to that island with David Cully, and they're going to be over there chilling for a while talking about, look at the Texans. Look at us. They laughing at the Texans. Did you think we were going to get here? (laughs) How about us, buddy? Look at us. (laughs) No, I'm with you. Uh, all right, sorry, my random random Texas. No, fan. it's let's, good. Let's talk no, about the good. Cowboys first. I'll give you the floor. No, I need you to. I need you to keep talking about the Texans. Well, I'll give you the floor. Because I do not want to talk about my I, Cowboys. Yeah, well, nobody cares. <laughs> the, the Texans. We'll talk about them and their ineptitude and dysfunction a little bit later I'm on. I'm deflecting, Rod. But I'm the, deflecting. The Cowboys. I, you know, the Cowboys are obviously not as much of a, a fuster cluck as the Houston Texans. Well, but, some might think different. But that performance <laughs> versus the Commanders. I mean, that was. Uh, yeah, I mean that w- that was a dumpster fire. Come on, well, let's it really in all, all three phases. Every part of the game, all three was phases, kind of melted down on you. And your special teams, which was your most consistent. Phase we talk of about the year, special teams all every every week. We talk about oh man, look how good our special teams are. You you almost I mean that's what started you. Brett uh, Maher at a deficit. Yeah. Brett Maher missing a kick, missing an extra point. Kevontae Turpin muffed dropping the fair a punch. Yes. Brian Anger, punt. Yeah, Brian Anger dropped the, Brian Anger, Brian, yes. the punt. They had a holding on the I mean, first <laughs> kickoff yeah, return. Basically, every single player on special teams, every specialist did something terrible yes. in that game. Yeah, you're right. They spread it out. They, it wasn't just it one was, guy yeah. had a really bad game. They all were awful. And Look. it was the first, but it was their worst game of the season, and they had been great all year. Tur- Turpin's a pro bowler. Yes. He's, he, yes. Yeah, I mean, these guys he, the ball hit his face mask on a punt return. Yeah. You've been catching punts all your life, dude. And all of a sudden, we go to, to Washington, and all you want to just start just dropping punts. And then, how does the punter just drop the ball? It was a perfect snap. Ball went straight through him, dropped it, too. He was like, anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> Let's just all drop the ball all over the place. But the biggest concern for me is uh, – how are we not running the football? Like, how are we not able to establish any part of the run? That is the thing that's going to be troubling, troubling because you know as well as I do in the playoffs, you can't go out there. That can't go out there and throw it 54 times because within two of those passes is going to be a pick six. Mm. You're, you're going to have those types of plays. So why is it that you have just alienated every single part of your success in the other part of it, Rod, and I remember us talking about it earlier in the year, 
I was like, man, Dak has been really good on play action. They haven't been even doing play action anymore. It was like they didn't even care like what was going to happen. And if that's the case, don't have your players playing the entire game. Cooper Rush didn't come into the game till doggone near the end of the game. And it was obvious Dak didn't have it today, and you had nothing to play for. So I really, really didn't understand what we were trying to achieve. And I was one of the guys, and I'll admit it, I said, look, I want them to stay sharp going into the playoffs. They needed to get the work in because what we've seen has not been a success. Well, what I saw this week was not a success. They should have just mailed it in. They should have just shut it down. They and did. Not a, well, they I'm did. talking about completely pulling all those guys off the field. Yes, they almost did more damage. Exactly. Because I think mentally they did mail it in. But then physically you were out there on the field, so now you got all this negativity, oh. bad mojo going into the playoffs. Oh. And it was not a good look. There was nothing. What do you always say? Aesthetically pleasing. Mm. It was none of that. No. It was one of the. It was ugly. Yes. It was one of those games that you're just sitting there and like, why am I invested in this? Why am I spending this much time mad? Like watching the game. I was angry watching the game because of those things we just talked about. You brought everybody out there. Everybody ended up playing in the game. And that's the performance. The the commanders weren't playing for anything except for pride at that point. And, you again, you let a quarterback who hadn't played all year get a chance to come in and light you up, and now his future, now he think he a star. I wonder if Ty- Taylor Heineke got him some Jordans because <laughs> Taylor Heineke get him some of them he blues. He don't need it. He went to North Carolina. Right. Oh, jump yeah, man, jump got, man, jump man, jump man, jump man. He got plenty of those. Yeah, That's got- right. That's right. <laughs> but I just sit there, and it was just so frustrating to watch that game, and and you know, I'm I'm typical cowboy fan. I get into it, but I'm also very critical at times. I can't defend Dak as like I used to. Mm-hmm. I can't because his performance. Unless something comes out this week and say that Dak has been dealing with an injury this entire time, but I'm gonna say he can deal with an injury, but his eyes are still working. Why are you throwing to the other team so much since you've been back, man? Mm. You yeah. lead the NFL in interceptions, and you didn't even play the whole year, bro. No. 15 interceptions tied uh, with Davis Mills. Point, point. And what hey, did Davis one of them Mills was do? was a winner this weekend. Also, <laughs> dang, Patrick. Hey, like you said, man, well done. Patrick, Patrick's just here for the one-liner today. He's just going to come in, one-liner, boop, boop. He got me. Every now and He yeah. got me. Uh, but, yeah, been tied with Davis Mills, and that is the – most games missed ever by a quarterback who led the league in interceptions. By the way. Unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable when you, you sit and you games. really think about it. But this is like this is the problem that the Cowboys have had before of losing focus and this coaching staff that we the coaching staff always seems to get and you're like, all right, they're doing it. All right, this coaching staff seems like they're going and then they fall completely off the ledge. That there's been bad game planning. Basically they beat the Colts really well. After that, they played one game against the Eagles. They were ready for that one because they knew it was a big game. Other than that, the la- four of the last five games they played had poor game planning, poor execution, yep. pretty much poor everything all around. And you just go, can you guys not realize at the end of the season you need to be sharp? This is the time to get hot. We talk about the team that wins in the Super Bowl is the team that gets hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Do y'all really think you can turn on week one of the postseason? You don't want to try and turn it on. You hit that. You get that Eagles win, and maybe that could – build your momentum, but you just don't focus for two weeks in a row? And this yeah. week, blatantly obvious. Yeah. Like, what is this? Just, co- does this coaching staff not have any line to these players to get them amped up for a game? Because they look like – and 
when they started, they could have been the number one seed. And they yeah, came they, out, yeah, they came definitely. out like, hey man, we're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it don't matter. You can't how do you have that mentality that Detroit knows that they're out and they come out and play like it matters. Yeah. No. I, I just don't get how this coaching staff cannot get the guys up for a game and get them focused. You're professional athletes. This is what you do. And you just go and everyone on the sideline, no one looks like they want to be there. And I don't it's not a switch. You can't flip it on and off. And you're going into Tampa Bay next week and the switch is firmly off. Yeah. Well, and I, not only that, you're going into Tampa Bay with a quarterback who has never lost to you in his professional career. The GOAT. Yeah. And I, and I know and I'm with you. I think my biggest concern, I'm with you, Harge. I think it's that the running game yeah. has been for some reason MIA the last few uh weeks. You go look at the last four weeks basically, you're averaging Zeke and Tony Pollard, who are yep. that is the feature the featured pieces in your running game. They're averaging two point nine yards per carry. Yeah. In the last four weeks combined. Uh two point seven for Zeke, three point two for Tony Pollard. That has had a, as we all know, kind of a negative effect on the passing game yep. because you're one-dimensional, um, you're too lopsided in your blueprint to win, and that's putting way too much stress and burden on a quarterback like Dak, who usually is moderate to low-risk, high-reward. But this season, yep. he is high-risk, high-reward. And if not for your defense, and I, listen, I know the defense has their issues. We'll get into I think some of the defensive issues actually – may get some help because you'll get reinforcements when uh, Jonathan Hankins comes back. We're expecting him to be back for the playoffs. Um, LVE, uh, you know, when he's you know fully implemented, I think that'll help the rush defense too. But the Dallas defense, for the second year in a row, led the NFL in takeaways. Yeah. With 33. I mean, they're the first team to lead the NFL in takeaways in back-to-back seasons since the Steel Curtain. And you, you – That's crazy. And again – let me put it in perspective. They did win 12 games this year. So, they did. So <clears throat> here's the, the good, okay? They won 12 games. And of the majority, I think four of the teams, no, three of the teams made the playoffs of those five losses, right? The Titans didn't make it, and neither did uh, Washington. They didn't make it. But the other teams that they lost to are all playoff teams. When you look at Jacksonville, who's trending in the right direction, they're playing solid football. Uh, Tampa, obviously, are in the playoffs, about to play Tampa again today. and I mean, this um, next Monday night. So they're play, they, play, they lost to some quality teams. But this, is, this has been a trend for the Cowboys that is we've seen it way too many times. And I agree with you. Yes, the defense did do some great things, but those were early. If you look at the last couple of weeks, they've been getting exposed a little bit. They may have, they may have been just, you know, doing vanilla work, but right now, you need to you need to be hitting on all cylinders. It's not But they're, they're not playing I hate to broad the Sark term. They're not playing complimentary football. Agreed. Because the running game helps the defense. The helps run, you control yep. the game. Agreed. And 100%. it helps the defense. And this is the running game falling off. I think that's also had a negative effect on the defense. And then you got the negative effect also happening to 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 Dak too oh as well. So I, I think that's a, a big part of why they can't. Put, they're not a complimentary football unit right now. Yeah, the way I look at Dak right now is I feel like the hate that people have been spewing is now um, I'm starting to see through so a little bit. I'm see, I'm starting. He's still my quarterback. You starting to believe, start, So what does that mean? I mean, he has to change his level of play. 
right now and moving forward for the rest of his career. Because I can't you, – you, you now have started this trend of everyone knowing you're going to throw a pick six. He and Matt Schwab are the, are the pick six brothers. And they're going to see if they're going to make a sandwich for him in Dallas. So I just need to see what he's going to be able to do moving forward. And I know everybody keeps talking about the offensive line being banged up, and we get it. But other teams have made adjustments throughout the season with busted offensive linemen. Look at what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing. They went out and got people. And then their guys got hurt, and they're still moving the ball. Joe Burrow's just different. I get that. They're not the same. Got Jamar Chase on the outside, but that's supposed we're supposed to have C.D. Lamb as that guy. They got better running backs, too. And thank you. No, I'm just saying they got better receivers, better running backs, and a better quarterback. So, but but the protection he went to the Super Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl with no offensive line. I My know. point is, I'm not worried yeah. about the offensive line. You're right, but you're right. It's a good point. I'm yeah. just saying, like yeah. they got better skill guys too. Though. Right, but I'm I'm yeah. talking about line. I, yeah, the Cowboys line should be fine. They should be way better it's, than I what it should be. I agree with that. Right now, we yeah. were giving Joe Philbin early in the year. Oh, Joe Philbin, he got this line. He's been in musical chairs. They've had to move people around. Now it's starting to get exposed where you can't even run the football. And I understand people saying, well, they didn't want to show anything for next week. You still have to win the line of scrimmage. Sure, I think for next week. Okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that, okay, I can tell you right now, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And it don't make any sense for the NFL. By, yeah, by the time you're in week 18. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, you're not going to trick them. Yeah, you have your identity and things you're good at. Now, you will break tendencies in the playoffs, but you're not going to totally come up with a different – Identity, a different personnel scheme. Um, dip, you know, you're not going to yeah. do that during the playoffs. No, you 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 become really good at certain concepts, and really you just continue to work those concepts. You break tendency, but that's about it. You don't just. I mean, it's, and don't Tom come, Brady's seen everything. You're not coming up with a. Brand, you're not tricking them. Yeah, they're not coming up with a brand new <laughs> game plans in terms of their own scheme right. for these playoff games. That doesn't ha- happen as often as you think. I um, just I just need to. I, I really had a hard time yesterday. Watching the game, trying to understand what what I was seeing, because this is this is not how you go into the playoffs. I don't care who you are, and then we can say the same thing for Tampa. But at least they pull their players out in the second quarter, and whatever happened after that, losing to Atlanta, they pull their players. But the Cowboys have a higher ceiling than the than, than the Bucks. That's why it's uh, it's inexcusable because we've seen the ceiling. For, we haven't even. I don't know how good the Bucks are. The Bucks the Bucks just don't look very good at all. And I haven't seen their ceiling all year. They did beat the Cowboys. I know to start the season, but the Cowboys have shown you that they could be potentially second or third best team in the NFC. They played like that. The Bucks have never played like that all season long. We haven't seen that. <clears throat> but this is playoffs now, and you know it only yeah. takes no, one I agree. game. But that's why it's just more disappointing for the Cowboys. So let me ask you game. this. If you had to pick right now, are you picking the Cowboys or are you picking the Bucks? Oh, uh, well. Yeah. Uh, See, that's, that's my point. Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. No, I agree. I don't when know. Before, you were like, yeah. I'm on it, Cowboys. Yeah, right. I got them. Yeah, right, now yeah. you like. Ugh. The, my biggest issue would be <laughs> the the biggest issue would be something that you know I've talked about all season long. That corner opposite mm-hmm. Trevon Diggs has once again it's a glaring issue. They tried to put Trayvon Mullen. I think he was the latest. That yep. didn't work out. He got torched. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, of course, not working out. Nation Wright. That's not meeting expectations against a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin and a Tom Brady. 
Ooh, they can they can pull at that little loose thread until the whole damn thing unravels. And don't worry about that too, because <laughs> don't forget Julio Jones is over there too. So yeah, now you, you got a third I mean? one, like and they and they're starting to find their tight end. And then I saw Kyle that, Rudolph got a touchdown yesterday. Yeah, they're worried about the run Bland, right? Because he left the game with an injury, right? You got three, your three, three of your four top corners are down yeah. right now. Yeah, down or out. Well, and then they put Todd Bowles as a good defensive coach. If you're able to go in there and. Just take the blueprint of what every team's been doing to the Cowboys and just be like, hey, man, just jump jump the outside routes. He's going he's gonna to throw them slow and behind. So jump those and you get an easy six points. And then uh, just stop the run. So just load up in the box, jump on the outside, and we'll probably be able to stop them because they, can't, they don't seem to be doing anything else. And you figure Kellen is going to try some tricks, but tricks are not schemes. Can, can, we, can, I, can we get a breaking news sounder real quick? Uh-oh. This is a bad. This is bad breaking. This is good great. Oh. Okay. Your boy, who said you were the best cover corner he had ever seen, has been inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame oh, class nice. this year. There you go. That's outstanding, man. Congratulations, baby. That's Love outstanding. It. Yeah. And well you know deserved. who else got in there? We're gonna have him back on the show. Michael Bishop got into the good College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited I like about that. that. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. That's outstanding. Are so you deflecting done. again about the Cowboys? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> he said, is this a good news or bad news? Yeah. I had to deflect, man. I thought it was Cowboys related, but no. yeah, I just came out of nowhere. They have they mailed go. in the rest of the okay. season. There you go. You can see that. Uh, all right. Uh, real quick, let's talk some Texans since we have some time. We'll get back to the Cowboys because we got a lot of Cowboys discussion because they're um, going to play the Bucks. We'll preview that game all week long. The Texans found a way to uh, uh, screw up the number one overall pick. It basically comes down to the two losses. Well, sorry, the one tie and then the one win over the Colts. So I was going to say two losses for the Colts, but one was a tie and one was an actual loss. But in the division, basically, if you wouldn't have tied in that first game, hell, I guess they could have tried to win it too. Um, but instead of that, if you tr- if you basically lose that game because you are tanking indeed, um, and if you lose this game in Week 18 versus the Colts, hell, you'll probably end up with that number one overall pick. The Bears were three and fourteen; they get the number one overall pick. the The Texans were three thirteen and one. So because of that one not being lost, the Texans will have the number two overall pick. Lovey Smith was fired. The, the reports are it was not because of the um, win over the Colts and <laughs> them losing out on the number one overall pick. Uh, the reports were they were going to fire Lovey. We talked about this weeks ago. They were going to fire Lovey anyway, um, even though he was a one and done. Their second consecutive one-and-done coach. Unbelievable. David Culley, a one-and-done after going 4-13. and Now Lovey Smith, a one-and-done after 3-13-1. and um, So once again, it points to Nick Casario, who made a statement saying that basically it was just best for the organization to move on from Lovey Smith. It is very strange, and i got to go back and look. I can't think of an example, and maybe you guys um, maybe know of one that I just couldn't think of, of a general manager getting a job having two one-and-done coaches to start off his tenure and then getting a chance to hire a third coach. I mean, how many two one-and-done coaches in a row are there in NFL history, period? (laughs) Much less without the GM. There would be three of them that I know off the top of my head. Lovey Smith, David Culley, and Wilkes. He was the coach before um, 
Cliff Kingsbury. He was. He was the coach before him. Steve Wilkes. No, there's been some one else, but he's talking yeah. like I'm talking about back to back, back, back to back. Yeah. No, one that's what I'm saying. Back to back one and done. Because one and done's are pretty rare. Exactly. And one yeah. and done's usually there's a, you know, hey man, stuff rolls downhill, but by the time you get done with two one and done coaches, two failed experiments at coach, yeah. people start pointing the finger at the GM. That's not happening here. Nick Casario. And I'm a Nick Casario fan. It's, I'm just pointing out it's very strange. Yeah, Very strange. And yeah. I, I agree with you. <laughs> no, normally you would have an owner that would say, hey, man, you're throwing my money away because you think you can win. What's your actual game plan? Because you've told me two lies now. You told me this was your game plan. You fired him. And then you told me this was your game plan. You fired him. Exactly. What's your game plan? Because if you're going to tell me I'm going to go sign a young guy now because you got me two old guys and now you're going to bring me a young guy in and you're going to me, tell me after two years that he's always oh, hired the wrong guy. Yeah. Like at that point, if, if he's not allowed to hire, that's you it. Say, exactly. <laughs> to My your point, point, yeah, he's never allowed to have be in the room. What's the average? How, how many hires you think a GM gets to make? Is it like two? I think sometimes they make two, like yeah. two, maybe two and a half. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I think it'd be two. You maybe get three if one retires on you. Like if you win, yeah, and they it can't retire. be. It can't be because they lost, right? That's that's it. Yes, it's so it's got to be someone that won. That's right. It's so a, yeah. Uh, so this is this. I'm just saying this is really. Rare. You just don't see this very often. And I think it's just another sign of dysfunction. Oh, my God. A dysfunctional organization. You, you, think, you think, Rod? Yeah, you think just... maybe Calvin Nair doesn't know how to own a football team? No. There's a, <laughs> there's a, yeah, I know we're up against I know we got to go to a break. So we'll talk yeah. about this more. But here's a great Warren Buffett quote that I think sums up the Houston Texans. I've said this uh, before. but And I believe it's a quote from Bill Gates that he was having a conversation with Warren Buffett and talking about making billions. And Warren Buffett said, uh, this is what you should do about long-term investment. This is long-term investment advice from Warren Buffett. I think it sums up the Texans in a nutshell. You should invest in a business that even a fool can run because someday a fool will. That's the Texans. Facts. This is, that's the Texans in a nutshell. Yeah. And it's unfortunately. A fool going to creep in there at some point. Yeah, just make sure the business around the yep. infrastructure, everything is around it is sound enough where even those, you know, that that dysfunction that creeps in, it'll it'll still be able to operate and you'll still be able to get your money out. Yeah. yeah, I guess that is the Texans. <laughs> I mean, they got a long line of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, the Texas Longhorns. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. Lots of news there. Come on. Uh, John Calipari reportedly contacted by the Longhorns. Uh, Jay Witt, Christian Jones are trying to return to the 40 acres. Brennan Marion moving on. All that and more right here on Ball of the Light, 149 Horn. Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick doing a great job DJing. Smooth Soul Monday as always. This uh, little Osley Brothers that we got here. Already. Brothers. Oh, yeah. no, no, nothing wrong with Osley. Osley Brothers very underrated. They are. They could be in town on what, Friday? Yeah, Friday yeah. the 13th. Friday, yeah, yeah playing with uh, Frankie Beverly and Mays. Oh, man. Yeah. Right really? At the H-E-B Center. Yep. Do they just sit on the stool and perform? Like, oh, oh man, they still, the Osley Osley they still got still it, dog. They still got it. Still got it. I mean, it's Ron Isley. It's Ron He's like the main guy. I know. So it's like there's one. There's really, I think there's two Osley Brothers left. How old is Ron? How old is he now? That's a great question. I think, I think Ron has to be like 70. Be like, swaying across a dance floor. Hey, 
you, you better leave Mr. Big alone. I, I think we need to make sure he's just on a secure stool. Secure? <laughs> I think he's at that age for the performance. 81. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, 81. Uh, you, know, you need to watch it. I need to make sure you know that he's taken care of. He got, make sure he's all right. Yeah, he, he gonna be all right. I mean, that's that's old to be performing. Yeah, right. yeah. He, I mean, most of his jams are oh, R&B, no, yeah. slow and low yeah, key. They ain't, they ain't gonna be. He ain't gonna be getting up there crunk. You, you don't know? think he's gonna? Be, <laughs> well, you don't think he's gonna be getting low and during shout? I don't say nothing. Go after shout. He can't. Nah, you can't play that one. Nah, you can't do that. You we're gonna can do we're it. gonna raise your voice slightly. <laughs> Let me uh, see. All right, there you go. Smooth Soul Monday, starting out with a little Lasley Brothers for you. And Frankie Beverly is uh, seventy six. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just, no, I'm not. I, just, I love their music. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. Saying I don't want you know it's it's kind of you know old to be doing the moves and everything like they still do the moves. Oh, uh, those moves ain't fast, so they're gonna be all right. Hey, I bet you, moves. I bet you, they got someone in the band who does the moves. They, they just got a, <laughs> you got point, another guy who does point. like backup vocals and does the dance, <laughs> and they just point to him, uh, hit it. Yeah, there you go, there you go. I like that. All right, uh, let's get to this story because it's an interesting one. Shout out to my man CB who sent it to us, um, and this says there's a, there's a report uh, that Texas has contacted John Calipari. I missed his head coaching search. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's this, it comes from Travis Branham of 247 Sports National Basketball Analyst. He posted on a Texas message board on Monday afternoon. The Longhorns have contacted Calipari through back channels. You know what I mean? You know how that goes. Yep, back, yep, channels. back channels. That means, no, that means nothing official. I mean, there's nothing documented, nothing official, unofficial. No tampering. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? None yeah. of that um, in regards to becoming the next head coach at the University of Texas. Um, how would you guys feel about John Calipari? What's the, what are the thoughts? Because that name never came up when we were actually discussing the vacancy. And it's not a vacancy, by the way. Uh, the possible vacancy uh, that would exist if Rodney Terry is not retained as the interim or at least transitioned from interim to head coach. Uh, but what would your thoughts be about John Calipari taking that gig? I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, he's had a lot of success in the past. But I don't know, like the thing about Texas, which makes it something where a lot of these coaches may want to come here, is there's money, but not the pressure of some of these other schools. Like Kentucky, they're, hey man, this is a basketball school. You need to win in basketball. Texas, if you are okay at basketball, you're a top 10 team, people are going to be pretty happy with you for the most part. You get a couple wins in March, people are going to be happy with you so that you can take that little bit of pressure, but still have the money to go out and recruit and get done what you need to get done. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I don't think it's a CDC move, though. So here's my thought about this. So as we look across the nation, and the name is outstanding. He's somebody that we've all looked at throughout the years. But let's, he's only won one Division One national championship. He's only, Think about that. As long as he's been around and all the great teams that he has. And... Understood. Texas has not won either, so there's there's a, there's a big <laughs> discrepancy there. But again, what is this basketball community trying to become? You need a name, obviously. I think Rodney Terry should get an opportunity to to win the job, mm-hmm. right? If he goes deep, I think he should he he could show that he's handled adversity. Yeah. He's changed the narrative. He's made the team his, and now they're rolling. If they can go into a deep run, then I think you should give him the opportunity. But John Calipari is the name that you're going to use to fill up the Moody Center, I think. We're going to get a lot of one-and-dones. 
And that is kind of the way he's operated and had success. But again, I'm looking at some of his answers. He's been to the final, he went to the final four, 96, 2008, 2011, 2012, 2016, and 2015. Now go back and look at all his team and all his NBA players. They, they always are one of those teams that get into the tournament and never have success either. He's a great basketball mind. Uh, he's got some things in, that might be in the closet that we don't know about, so they're going to have oh, to do the due, due diligence. He's got some baggage. Yeah. But if you're looking for a name and a quality coach that is has got some skins he's on the wall, so he's the splash hire. He's a splash. I, I, I think you got to – do you want to get a splash hire or do you want to get the right hire? I think and it should be the right And sometimes hire. splash can be the right hire, yeah. but oftentimes a splash is just that. It's just a splash. doesn't necessarily mean it's compatible and it's the right fit. No, I, I think there is something to be said. I think a lot of these coaches are being reached out, not necessarily from Texas, but from donors and from boosters. And there's back channels of this – because we know boosters love big names a lot of times. They, that they want to bring in a guy. So CDC and Texas kind of has to entertain the thought of, hey, you say whatever name. You say Billy Donovan. We'll throw a name. We'll contact him. You say Mark yep. Few. You say uh, 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 from uh, uh, Villanova. Uh, uh, Jay Wright. Jay, Jay Wright. Jay Wright. Yeah, uh, you can get Villanova. him. Like You can say all those names. And if the donors who are giving you a lot of money to this program that had given you a lot of money to hire Chris Beard and now he's gone – you want to keep them happy. You're going to talk to all these people. May not be who you're thinking. May not be at the top of your list. But you're going to talk to them and keep them open. You again are probably not hiring anybody this season. You're probably going to go ahead and finish the season because it's going to be very hard to. You can't hire an existing coach this season. You can't steal them away from another team during the season. Yeah. And there's no point to try and install a new system and everything at this point. Right. So you have time. You're just putting out feelers. But I think a lot of it right now is it's fun to speculate on. And then donors and boosters are like, hey, man, well, man, I got this whole money burning a hole in my pocket. Well, I want to go spend on this guy because I want to go hang out with Cal Party. Like, I I hear he has good dinners. No, and to your point, um, to the flip side of that, agents love when a Texas job is open because they can always get their clients a raise. And, hey, uh, Texas contacted my client, so we got to go back to the negotiating table and talk about a raise for my client. There is a such thing as the uh, kind of the Bevo bump, if you will, that happens when there's a Texas vacancy of any kind because they, they do set the standard a lot of the time for in sure. the salary scale. For oh, these for sure. So I think, yeah, So I, I, you're right, Patrick, about the boosters, but uh, agents also a big part of this. So, yeah, we don't know. When they say contacted, that's a great point. We don't know contacted by who. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and I also throw in, I'm sure Texas is fine with the narrative being we're talking to these coaches because if the narrative is we're talking to these coaches, it's not about Chris Beard. And right. – if you can shift the narrative to moving ahead as a part to staying in the past, Texas will be fine with that. It needs to, it, it, yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and I winning, think, winning helps too. I, that's <laughs> the thing. Is I think we need to shift the narrative yep. to, hey, let's support Rodney Terry winning. and try and win some games and win some, get these kids some wins. Yeah. That's what I like because I think this team is really good. They had a good game this weekend. Exactly. Played defense again, got their focus back. So I, that's where I'm at personally. All this is just kind of noise. But yeah, I can see why it's out there. It's good noise, like you said, because they're not talking about Chris Beard. And as long as Texas is winning, they're not talking about Chris Beard. So exactly. when Texas starts losing, that people go back to, oh man, hey, we need Chris bring, Beard wouldn't have lost that game. Chris Beard wouldn't have lost. So we need to bring in this guy. This guy would have won us this game. Exactly. Yep. Just keep on winning games, because uh, I think everybody involved, including I think those behind the Bernard's curtain, I think they're rooting for Rodney Terry to be the 
easiest solution to this whole damn thing. No doubt about <laughs> it. Uh, somebody who knows the culture, somebody everybody's comfortable with, um, and somebody who, if he proves himself, because I think, I think Patrick's right, I think he's got to go deep. Into the tournament, yeah. got to get at least two wins in the tournament. Yeah, you got to go second weekend minimum. Yeah, you get two wins in the tournament somewhere around there, then I think you uh, definitely could end up. You know, the, I think he can make his case that he is the best guy for the job. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, we got a lot of other things that. Uh oh, Jeff Howe just texted me. We got some breaking news via the transfer portal about Texas football. I guess it fits. It's our Behind the Burn Orange Curtain segment. Uh, it is good breaking news, uh, just like the other good breaking news. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Jalen Catalan, the safety who yeah. uh, got, who obviously uh, recently decided to get into the transfer portal out of Arkansas. He's an NFL prospect. A lot of people had him as a first or second round potential uh, pick if he had left to go to the NFL. He is um, apparently committing to the University of Texas. Oh, yeah. According to my man Jeff Howe. Yeah, buddy. That's yeah, that's a that's a big get for wow. that secondary. And if you don't know anything about him, y'all might want to start going to do some research because dude is a baller. Yeah, he's he's legit. He's the yeah, real deal. He's the real deal. Yeah, he's an NFL safety. There's for no sure. question about it. And uh, I was just that's strange. I was just talking to um, Everson Walls. I was hanging out with all the time some greats. Uh, Everson Walls, Chet Brooks, also son of yep. I mean, uh, the father of Terrence Brooks, his son, who uh, started the bowl game or got a chance to play a lot in the bowl game. I'm not sure if he started, but he'll probably end up being your field corner next year. Little Elm, dog. Uh, yeah, no, he's a, he's the a real deal, man. His yeah. footwork is is nice and his technique is real nice too so I think he's going to end up winning that job uh, Jade Barron's going to be the nickel and of course um, you got your boundary corner there so with Ryan Watts so the corners are pretty much set in my opinion you need yep. some help or at least some reinforcement at safety uh, Jalen Catalan you're talking about that'd be one of the top I can't imagine there being a higher ranked safety prospect no. in the portal no so that would he, ha- he, have he, to be the highest he's rank. a must get and yeah. if he got then we happy so, Let's put it like that. Yeah, that's um, a big, big move. That's a huge move. Yeah, uh, that would be uh, that'd be really big. So uh, that's more Longhorn news. We'll get to that. We'll talk more about that because that's just breaking. Um, Jay Witt, uh, Jordan Whittington, deciding to return to the Forty Acres um, for a uh, for his senior year. Christian Jones as well is going to return the uh, starting right tackle for Texas. He's returning. Um, he announced that over the weekend too. So those are two big pieces for Texas on offense, and I think that makes it, was that nine or ten starters returning yep. on offense? Le- Bij- Eleven. I mean, ten. Ten, yeah. ten because Bijan's the, the only one. one. That's gone. Yeah. Uh, Should have been should be not because be honestly Rojo should have been just a starter. You yeah, went with, you put a, put the should, oar on there. You should have went two tailbacks. No, you should play. <laughs> oh, two, yeah. You should play two tailbacks. Yeah, yeah, Your yeah. third wide receiver didn't help you out any not this year. Much. No. Yeah, what, huh. so you had a third wide receiver on the I field like instead that. of having you know Rojo on the field, who's an NFL player, and your all conference tight end. That's what you should have did more of. But right, anyway, right. Um, speaking of two backs on the field, Brennan Marion, who helped uh, pioneer the go go offense, uh, and here that brought some of those two tailback sets and concepts to Texas. He is leaving to go be the offensive coordinator for UNLV. Um, some long one fans, uh, I don't know if they're upset about it, but they. They they would have liked him to have stayed stayed longer. That's he's a, if you're a fast riser, you don't stay at one location very long. Right, you, know, you get typecast there, and you don't get enough credit. The truth is. All of the go-go concepts that were implemented here for Texas, Sark got all the credit for that. 
and you know only football theorists like myself were talking about how Brennan Marion brought in some and implemented some of those concepts. You got to go somewhere and cultivate your own system no so doubt. that you get credit for it. So he had to leave Texas at one point so that he could go run his no pun intended go go offense, <laughs> um, and then people would give him credit for whatever the productivity was. Yeah, and that was the conversation you and I you've been talking about that for a while about yeah. him being able to spread his wings a little bit, especially when you're coaching a position, you're not even giving your input on what you see out there as well. So, yeah, it's a good move for him. I'm I'm happy for him. I know people were trying to say, is it it a – what type of move is this? And I'm like, it's a move where he can go and make the call. Yeah. Barry Odom is there as the head coach. Barry Odom is a defensive-minded guy. He wants nothing to do with the offensive side of the ball, so he's going to have complete control of the offense. Here at Texas, he really didn't have much say. Passing game coordinator, but that's Sark's offense. Sark gets all the credit, and that's how it should be. He wants to be a play caller, um, and I think this is the – fastest track for him to be a play caller because yep. he's going to call all the plays, going to be his go-go offense, and then a fast track to being a head coach potentially um, because they're in the Mountain West Conference. Isn't UNLV in the Mountain mm-hmm. West Conference? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'll, some other school will look at him and go, man, that offense is fantastic. I, I you know, I, I like that offense. And then once it's – he's basically betting on his offense will be as explosive as – you know, it was when he was at Howard and when he was uh, with Mike London at William and Mary. And it really was yep. explosive offense. As a matter of fact, he pulled off at one point the biggest upset in FBS history, mm-hmm. ironically, over UNLV <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, when he was the offensive coordinator at Howard. So, I mean, I, I love his go-go offense. That's why I'm glad he came to Texas for a little while. Um, and some people were upset, thought the wide receivers should have develop better, and I don't disagree with that at all, um, but I do think his uh, contributions schematically are underappreciated. No doubt. Most long-run fans. No so I, I might get into that later anyway. All right. Uh, all right, let's get back to the flex. On the other side, we'll talk about um, my uh, efforts down at the National Combine in San Antonio with some of the best underclassmen in the country, actually, not just mm-hmm. in the state. Uh, and also, uh, we'll get into uh, the flex and some of the great content on the website. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful on the horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday. I mean, Patrick DJ the Smooth Soul what? Monday doing a great job. What? Computer love. Come on, man. We start off with Ronald Isley, and then we get hit up with Computer Love. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that, right? Is that Roger Troutman, right? Roger Troutman and Zap. Zap and Zap. That's yeah. what I'm Nah, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, they never questioned whether Patrick's got uh, some soul. Hey, yo, we already got know tons that. of it. That's what Smooth Soul Monday is all about. Never surprised by that. Uh, my man Snoop Snoop has got some soul, too. Uh, go check out FLXATX.com, FLXATX, on uh, all of your social media platforms as well. As a matter of fact, uh, Snoop got a chance um, sh- uh, last week to go down to the uh, the NBC uh, National Combine and also get uh, get some uh, footage at practice and get a chance to attend practice for the All-American game, which happened on Saturday. Um, that was actually a lopsided affair. Um, but so. I did get a chance to participate in the uh, National Combine. I had players from all over the country, 600 
plus uh, student athletes from around the country, underclassmen. You're talking about sophomores and juniors from all over Florida, Georgia. You know, I, there were a couple from like North Dakota. Uh, they came, so a lot, a lot of guys from around the country. A little surprised, didn't have as many uh, athletes from Central Texas as I thought. Right. I only had a few from Central Texas. Central Texas needs to do a better job representing down at the National Combine, but it was great. Uh, I got a chance to uh, do the timing for the most of the 5 10 5. That was the station I was at. I saw um, that. Um, so that was really fun. I had a lot of fun. I told uh, uh, Anthony Williams that I would do it uh, next year if he needs me to do it. It was really a, a cool experience. Everson Walls yeah. uh, was a part of the DB coaching group with myself. Chet Brooks was the father of Terrence Brooks who is a corner on the 40 acres. I think he'll end up starting at the field corner yep. um, next year. We talked about that a lot, too. Um, and also my man Aaron Williams, lifetime Longhorn Aaron Williams, was also a member of the DB group. I, I would like to think the DB group won uh, the, our one-on-ones and our competition with the wide receivers. I'm sure some other coach out there would tell you different, but it, it seemed, you know I tell you guys the real, it seemed pretty lopsided. Yeah. I think they had better coaching, honestly. I just think that like I mean, that. it was deep over there. There was a hey, lot of experience. I'm some guys that put up Game over there. Uh, it was, but it was it was really really fun though, and it was great. They have the uh, the uh, standardized athletic testing. Basically, the same guys that do the NFL Combine yep. are the same ones who basically conduct all the testing for that Combine. It's the same technology, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was really really cool, and it was a great experience too. Just gonna hang out with some balls. Got my my kind of my football fix. I was a football. For a, a lot of players out there, if they're lucky enough to make it to those levels, football is your first love. You go from a passionate, um, really intimate, violent love affair with this game to basically becoming an outsider after you have to retire from the game. You can't play the game. Um, then you have to love it from afar as yeah. a spectator, as an analyst, as a coach. Um, but you can't have that same love affair you had with the game where you actually get to play it on the field. Um, that or that experience or experiences like it give me my little fix. I get closer to the game. I can actually coach players who, you know, got have a chance to play at the highest levels, have a really uh, a commitment and have a passion for the game. That's me getting my fix for it. Harge, I'm sure you know about the same way. That's what nope, coaching nope. is this little selfish part of coaching that you get out of it. It you do get that little high from being around the game that you love so much and getting closer to it because most of the time you have to admire the game from afar. Yep. Unfortunately, that's your you know, that's a sentence when you're done with the game that you love. <laughs> I like that. Is that sentence. Yeah, you're sentenced to just be a fan yeah. and a spectator and watch it from afar and you don't have that intimate love affair you once had with it that made that that made you special. Right. Or it, made that, your, your relationship with the game special. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. You you really start to understand what it's all about when you walk away from it because you know how much time you put into it. You mm-hmm. know the efforts that you went through to get to that level and the the drive in which you have. But now you get to bless these younger players that are going to have the that's opportunity. Exactly right. You're giving them knowledge. That's mm-hmm. why it's so important whenever I get a chance to speak with kids or parents call me and say, hey, Mike, can you look at my kids' swing? Can you look at how they're throwing, how they're running? Can you check it out? I always enjoy that because – 
that's my way of giving back a little bit because we've walked it. We yep. went through it. We've seen the, the good and the bad and the ugly, so to speak. So we can break it down to them like nobody else possibly can. And sometimes kids want to hear from other people besides their parents. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So yep. when you get an opportunity to do that, I'm glad you did. I was excited when Anthony told me you were going to be part of the staff. And I was re- waiting for that moment. And then it was like, boom, here we go. And then we got a chance to watch some of the video because the reality of it is, you you break down film like nobody else. You know what I'm saying? So when you get a chance to show a kid something, a technique, that's the beautiful part of it. Because if they get it and the light goes on, oh man, woo! Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You it kinda, is a beautiful your thing. chest get a little bit bigger. It does. No, no, no. <laughs> it does, man. There's definitely a bit of a kind of this e- emotional high you get off watching a young person receive the coaching and actually execute it and run with it. Yeah, yeah, and then improve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no question about it. So I want to thank, uh, say thank you to Anthony for inviting me. Um, hopefully, he can be a part of it next year too. All right, we come back. We'll get into the national title game preview between the Dogs and the Frogs right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine. 